0: Coming up on today's Locked On Senators. It finally happened. Woo. The Ottawa Senators have announced they have found their next owner. It's Michael and Lauer. So that begs the question, what next?
1: And we continue our 2023 NHL draft prospect profiles. We're in the 20s now with three players, Daniil Boot, Quentin Musty, and Dmitry Simashev.
0: Lots to get to. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 819 of the locked on senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba alongside Brandon Pillar up in the blue mountains. Please like and subscribe. Wherever you download your podcast, we're also available on YouTube where you have to hit the notification bell to know when we go live, like the two hours we did this morning with Ian Mendez, with Alim's Martian, who was first to report yep. that Michael Anlauer was going to own the Ottawa Senators. Today is Tuesday, June 13th in Pilsy. It's a date that will go down in franchise
1: history. Absolutely, Ross. Uh, this is the second time I've said this is the best Tuesday of my life, but this time I really mean it. Finally, the Ottawa Senators sale is over. And as far as I'm concerned, Michael and Lauer was the best bidder and he deserved to own the Ottawa Senators. And why is that? It just seems from the start this wasn't a big flash play by him. It was always about creating a good hockey team and it was always about the hockey. He even when the bid started, I believe he had the lowest bid when it comes to dollars and still he was able to show that hey, I am the best bidder here. I will do right by the people of Ottawa, by the Ottawa Senators and the NHL and I really think that this is a new era and Sense fans are, they have so much to be excited for because this team on the ice is ready to compete. And now we have an ownership that has a clear goal to win the Stanley Cup and to build a new arena for the Ottawa Senators.
0: So we're not going to go into the nitty gritty of all the angles we can approach. For that, we would point to you. The live stream, which yes. we did not only on YouTube, we have posted it on audio. So check that out either before, during, after Ian Mendez joins for over an hour. But now we have to discuss the follow. We know it's a $950 purchase. Okay. We know that it's not going to be complete for the next 60 to 90 days. We talked about all the ins and outs of what that could mean about immediate changes. Darren Dreger thinks that It's going to take a little while. This is the exact quote. I don't believe that we'll see any significant changes to hockey operations until Anlauer has full control later this summer. Maybe he wants to get people he knows on the current staff, or maybe he wants to get to know people on the current staff. And then Steve Steos, which is a name we talked about a ton, because there's the obvious connection with Hamilton, with the Hamilton Bulldogs, Steos and Michael Anlauer, winning an OHL championship together. Right now, he's participating in scouting meetings with the Edmonton Oilers. He's a currently employed member in the NHL. So it's not like you can just pluck him. But Pilsey can't say the same about Patrick Waugh.
1: Yeah, Patrick Waugh today announced that he is no longer the head coach of the Quebec Ramparts. And I mean, look, he did mention that this was his plan all along and that he was going to do this, but... The timing of all of this, where that announcement is made moments after Ann Lauer's awarded the team, it's very interesting.
0: I know. Is it ever? Now he says they haven't reached out, but uh, he says Michael Ann is a very good guy. That is Patrick Waugh. So what do you hope is next? Like, I don't think we're going to be waiting 60 to 90 days to hear the next moves for Michael Ann Lauer now that he has become the preferred bidder to win the Ottawa Senators. I don't know if it's gonna be tomorrow, but mm-hmm. I do think that by the draft, we're gonna at least see one fingerprint on the team.
1: And that fingerprint uh better be a paw print and it better be all about cap because Alex Debrincat is the top pressing time sensitive issue here. If I'm Michael Andlauer, I mean, this is this is a big deal. Like Either you look at signing this guy to a long-term deal, which I don't anticipate will happen. It doesn't seem like that's even close to happening. Or you look at making a big trade, trading a 40-plus goal scorer in his prime after only having him for one season. So that's the big question, and that's going to have massive implications on what happens to this team on the ice. But I guess you just have to have your discussions with Pierre Dorian and tell him the direction you're hoping to go and go from there as far as you know a new president of hockey operation new coach uh, anything like that I don't anticipate we're going to see that happen for a little bit
0: here well I think Sens fans deserve some stick taps because what a journey through this sale process from wooing clients at the CTC to the ins and outs and newspaper clippings of each individual group from seven to four to three to two To one, And now Michael Anlauer will be the next owner of the Ottawa Senators, barring a completely unforeseen circumstance that would almost be apt for the sale that was. But I do believe Michael Anlauer will be accepted by the NHL's Board of Governors and will become the next owner of the Ottawa Senators.
1: Yeah, I believe so too. Uh, As you mentioned, I was just going to hop in there and say it is pending the approval of the Board of Governors. But... This is another reason why Michael Andlauer was a great bid because he's already been a minority owner in the Habs for quite a while. So the NHL knows him. He knows the NHL, et cetera. And he is a hockey guy. He's the owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs, and he has experience in the hockey world. And he's a goalie. Hashtag goalie-friendly show. He's he's, uh, uh, playing men's league hockey as a goalie. So this is a hockey guy through and through.
0: It certainly is. Welcome to Ottawa, Michael Anlar. We look forward to seeing what you and all the local partners are going to be building in the community. We know that the uh, York family, Jeff York, is a big part of that with Farm Boy. We know the Claridge Homes, the Mahoch family, big part of that as well. Looking forward to seeing how they build the brand back of the Ottawa Senators. Again, for a deep, deep, deep dive into this, go check out YouTube, Locked On Senators. Full two-hour live stream. But we got draft coverage, Pilsy, because we are
1: three weeks tomorrow. No, two weeks tomorrow. We're on a tight schedule to get all these prospect profiles done.
0: Two weeks tomorrow is round one of the NHL draft in Nashville. Pilsy and I have started putting together our 2023 full first-round mock draft with special guests. That will come out next week. Wednesday is the goal. That will mean you have a week to consume what will be a full-length feature film, potentially avatar-length feature film, Pillsy. Honestly, yeah. You're going to have a ton of fun with that and a whole lot more in Sens land where there is never a dull day. But for now, we get back to our NHL draft rankings. You are listening to Locked On Senators.
1: And today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. You guys already know, all about shopping online with eBay, but did you know you can get parts and accessories for your vehicle at eBay Motors? For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Hey, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. So the next time you need parts and accessories, it's simple, head to eBay Motors. With the eBay Motors guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check mark so you know the part will fit, Or you get your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you can be confident that you'll be back in the game in no time. So get the right parts, get the right fit, and get the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Let's ride at eBay Motors.
0: Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma. Palace go celebrate new ownership Ottawa with Shawarma Palace who has not had new ownership they have steady ownership at Shawarma Palace you can go visit them at any of their seven locations in Ottawa they are ever expanding and they have been and will continue to be the spot for Shawarma in the city of Ottawa and Canada as a whole this is just the best food place in the world because they have all sorts of fresh ingredients and they do not skimp on the portions it's the best of both worlds you get your garlic sauce your hummus your fresh greens you get your succulent chicken you get full filled at shawarma palace so go check them out whether it's Rideau street bank street or on uber eats you're never too far away from a shawarma palace in ottawa they've been around since 1997 they stand the test of time great people love the community and love your ottawa senator so go support local go eat like a royal today go eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, Pilsey. Reminder for everyone, you can follow the show on Twitter at Send Central and on Instagram locked senators.
1: It's a great day, Ross. Great day.
0: It really is. Oh. you got three great prospects to cover as well. We've already spent a few minutes dissecting the ins and outs of the upcoming new ownership of the Ottawa Senators. And I say upcoming very loosely now because we know who the next owner of the Ottawa Senators will be. Very fun times ahead. We'll cover this over the next coming days, weeks, months, and years with Michael Anlauer at the helm for the Ottawa Senators. All right, coming in at number 21. On our Locked On Senators 2023 NHL Draft Rankings, we are going to Russia, where Daniil Boot comes in as one of those classic Russian offensive talents where he shoots right but plays the left
1: wing. And this is a guy with size, one of two very large Russians we're going to cover today, Ross, and both of them happen to be teammates as well. But let's start here with Daniil Boot and... There's a lot to like about this player. I mean, you look at um, his point totals in the MHL. For those unfamiliar, the MHL is similar to the AHL in Russia. And he put up good numbers in Yaroslav with 26 games played, 15 goals for 11 assists, good for 26 points. So a point per game guy. And yeah, if you're just listening on YouTube, Ross has his dimensions put up here. Six foot five two hundred and three pounds
0: which will immediately catch the interest of NHL teams who are looking for their next Valerie Nikushkin or these you know big power forwards and he's got a bit of that Pilsy but he plays much more of a skill game right he only had two goals in 15 games in the KHL but there's a reason why Corey Pronman has him all the way at number nine number nine top ten pick according to Corey Pronman skill-wise In this draft, everyone else a little bit more reserved on Daniil Boot. We've got Chris Peters at 20. We've got Scott Wheeler at 26, Elite Prospects at 24, and Craig Button down at 30. So, Pills, he's going to be a first round pick, but what would entice you, if you were a team, to drafting Daniil Boot?
1: Well, it's very hard to find highlights on Russian players, as uh, most scouts and people researching for the draft uh, know. But the few highlights I was able to watch on him, Ross, for his size, he is very, very smooth on the ice. Like he's able to shoot past Deke with ease. And we mentioned it six feet, uh, six foot five, 203 pounds, but he doesn't play a power forward type game. He's not that physical, doesn't play a lot of defense. Honestly, it's more all about his stick handling. This guy has the puck on a string and he is very, um, it's very easy for him to just dance around defenders and get to areas that he wants to just either shoot or set up his teammates.
0: Yeah, I like that description of him. I also like his competitiveness from the few things I saw and also from reading about him. He looks like a kind of guy who is coachable, is a guy who's going to give 100% uh, percent on the back check, at least in terms of getting back there. Now, the skill part of you know stick positioning is something that you can always improve on. But if you're a scout, you're just looking at the size-skill combo, the fact that he can put up uh, points over in Russia, and you're like, okay, what would he look like on the smaller ice? Is he the type of player that's going to excel if and when he comes over from Russia and is able to play in a North South environment. Cause the, uh, even though he's not like a physical power forward, he still holds the trade of having a really good puck protection game. So I yep. think for him to be able to hold on to pucks down low and find teammates and use his vision, I think could benefit him even more. So I'm just curious who's going to take the risk because again, he signed for a couple more years over there and he's not going to be a guy who you're going to get into your system in the next couple of years. So this is a long-term project. If not for the only reason being that you're not going to see him for the next three years, four years.
1: Yeah, it could be a while, but Ross, this is a raw talent guy that even if he wasn't uh, contractually obliged in Russia, I think you're looking at a project development path for him. Anyways, I don't think he's coming into the NHL anytime soon. Although he did have two goals in 15 KHL games. Now the ice time ranged from zero minutes to 14 minutes in the KHL. So kind of classic stuff there. And his dad, Anton, was a pro player in Russia for 17 years. So he has those pro hockey genes. So you know that at least he has some guidance. And uh, he he's someone that is very kind of driven to stay in the game of hockey. And I think he's got the skill that he can do that. Now where he needs a lot of help on his development is his skating. This is a six foot five guy that doesn't really skate that well, according to David St. Louis from elite prospects. So I think you're going to see teams that are not really desperate to have NHL talent join them right away. He could be a nice guy for those teams that are like, okay, We can wait two years, three years, work on your skating, uh, develop the rest of your game over in Russia, try to get a little bit more physical, and then come over to North America and we'll get ready then.
0: Interestingly enough, Corey Pronman lists all of his skills as average except for his shot, which is above average. So to have those types of feedbacks about a player and then rank him ninth overall on, on the list, I find to be a little bit interesting. Yeah, but as a player, I can see why a team would be interested in him. I I totally understand it. So to me, it's just like he's probably a mid twenties pick to me. Maybe, I think so. Maybe because you you have that the geopolitical factor, but I think for another part, just that I don't know how many teams have scouts in the in. Mm-hmm. The NHL. I'm sure some. I'm sure a lot of teams do. I don't think Ottawa's one of them yep. uh, that's scouting the MHL. but. I am curious to see who takes him. I think it might be a team with a track record of of having a lot of Russians in the system. Minnesota comes to mind if they have a late first round pick, which I'm not 100% certain. I've actually got here 21st overall. Minnesota actually that could be a fit. But he's a guy where if you have him in the late 20s, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push back at all. I'll just say hey, good pick. Like he could develop into something that you would really like, and and could even be a top six forward in the NHL.
1: Yeah, and I think part of this might be uh, his skating at least, Ross. The deficiencies there is he hasn't grown into his body yet. Like maybe there was a big growth spurt and he hasn't quite figured out how to mechanically kind of uh, adapt to this new frame. So give him some time. I think this will be a good prospect. I got him ranked at three and a half stars. I just think there's guys that are going to be available in this area that I would rather roll the dice on.
0: Who would you rather roll the dice on? Daniil Boot or Edward Sallet?
1: Oh, Daniel boot for, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, Salé was my first do not draft prospect of this year. So that's clear.
0: A little tease because we have 70 different NHL draft profiles coming on YouTube at locked on Senator. So go check them out today and go check them out again. Once your team makes their selection at the NHL draft coming up in Nashville. All right, coming up on Locked On Senators, we have two more draft profiles to get to today, including the first overall pick into the OHL draft from just two years ago. That's next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. All right, Pillsy. Still having a very good Tuesday or what?
1: Best Tuesday of my life, Ross. Best Tuesday of my life.
0: You heard it here first. All right. Coming in at number 22 on the 2023 Locked On Senators NHL Draft Rankings, it's forward for the Sudbury Wolves. It's Quentin Musty.
1: This kid is an absolute stud, Ross. The first thing I got to say is my mind was boggled when i found out Quentin musty was not a whl player that is the most whl name i've heard of in quite some time but he's an american playing in the ohl in sudbury and i mean where do i even start about this kid i guess we'll start with the numbers so he's six foot two hundred and ninety pounds in 53 games last year with the wolves he had 26 goals and 52 assists. Good for 78 points in 53 games. He was named an assistant captain of the Wolves this season, had four points in four playoff games. And the last uh, stat I'll throw at you here, a 47-point improvement on his rookie season in the OHL, playing only three more games this season compared to last, and he got 47 more points. So talk about uh, great development and uh, great improvement season after season here.
0: Yeah, he's a northern uh, New York kid from from the Buffalo area, and he played on a team that had some top talent, but not a team that was dominant by any stretch of the imagination in the OHL this year. David Goyette, who we covered last year, a draft pick of the Seattle Kraken, led that team by 14 points, but who was second with 10 less games? It was Quentin Musty as a guy who really showed improvement, which is what I think teams are going to be most impressed with, the attention to detail. The back checking, the ability that we knew he had offensively, like there's no surprise as a first overall pick coming into this league that he was going to be able to put up points and make plays and score goals. But it's the other areas of his game that if he does end up becoming a third line player in the NHL, he's going to provide a lot of value as a guy who can score, but also do other things out there for your team.
1: Yeah, this is, Quinton Musty is one of the most complete prospects we've covered so far, Ross. Like, he, he does it all. And I think the main thing I want to highlight about Musty is he is a dual threat option. Now, what I mean by that is he's a threat to pass or shoot at any given moment. He's able to draw defenders towards him, get into dangerous areas, and then pass to an open teammate for an easy tap-in. But the reason he can do that so well is, is because defenders have to respect his lethal shot and finishing ability. If you're all shot, no pass, defenders can cheat and just be like, we just got to block the the shot, drive him wide, and he's not going to be a threat. Or if you're a passer, well, give him all the space you want. This kid can't shoot. Cover all the uh, backdoor tap-ins, the trailing guys coming in, players in the slot, and let him have his best shot here. But you can't do that one way or another with Musty because... If you give him the space for a shot, he'll gladly take it and he'll beat goalies. So whether it's with a nice wrist or a snapshot or deking through a goalie. And if you take away the shot, what he'll do is he'll pass it over to a teammate. So I really think, honestly, the sky's the limit for musty. And I think he's going to be drafted much sooner than we have him ranked Ross. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I really do. I just think there's so much to like about him. He plays a physical hard game as well. And I think he has such a high ceiling. Like the potential for this kid is, is very, very high, even in a deep draft. Is it up the roof? I almost said that. I almost said that.
0: That's absolutely sick. Yeah. When, when you're talking about a guy who scouts have seen for so long that you almost nitpick into him a little much. Is that why you think some of the guys have him ranked lower? I'm not sure.
1: Like if, if guys haven't ranked lower, I haven't seen reasons why. Maybe just they like other guys more. But I don't think there's any detrimental comments you can make about Quentin Musty's game here. Like I I don't know. I've got him at four 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 and a half stars, Ross, uh, out of five. I just think this is such a complete prospect that is only going to grow more. He's probably going to go back to the OHL for another season and be one of the top players in that league. I, I wouldn't be shocked by that, especially if he gets some help on the Wolves. So I really like this kid a lot, Ross. I like him.
0: And out of Elite Prospects Draft Guide, where they rank who the best power forward is, Quentin Musty is three, and all the other four guys that are listed are top 10 picks. Mm-hmm. It's Adam Fantilli at one, Ryan Leonard at two, Dalibor Dvorski at four, and Leo Carlson at five. Quentin Musty right in the middle there. But in our list, way below those other guys. So you're looking at a guy whose offense is ridiculous. Can sure. he be a defensive-minded player at the next level? I think he's proving time and time again that he is able to do that. People are talking in the in the scouting sphere of how there's a ton of value there because even if he doesn't kind of hit his ceiling, he's still going to land as a very good player. I really like him, and I'm very high on him too. I say four and a half stars for me for Quentin Musty. Any final thoughts where you think – a, a great situation would be, or do you want to call your shot of kind of a range that you see him in?
1: I, I think, look, I don't think he beats or surpasses some of those top 10 towns just because they're so good. Like the top 10 guys in this draft are elite. There's no denying that. I wouldn't be surprised Ross. If he goes anywhere from in picks 12 to 18 here, I think that's where I'd have him. Like if you can get him at like a 15th overall, I think you're laughing. I think you're going to have a guy that, you know, isn't going to be NHL ready for a little bit here, but you're going to see improvement year after year and I think he's going to be a blue chip prospect in some uh, some team's prospect pipeline.
0: For more prospect profiles, head over to the Locked On Senators YouTube. We have 70 of them going up. So check them out today and leave a comment below. What are your thoughts on Quentin Musty? All right, you are listening to Locked On Senators. And coming in at number 23 on our LOSP 2023 NHL Draft Rankings, it's a defenseman from Russia with not a lot of love. A big, mean, shutdown defenseman. It's Dmitry Simashev.
1: Yes, our second big pro- uh, prospect from the same team of, uh, I got to pronounce this right, Loko Yaroslav. And look, We've covered a couple defensemen so far in this draft, Ross, and I'll start off this profile by saying I believe Semichev will be the second defenseman selected in this draft really? after David Reinbacker. Yep.
0: Really? Are you including the geopolitical stuff, or are you just saying based on skill?
1: Uh, based on based on skill, I'm not. I'm not sure how some teams or scouts are. So You
0: think he'll be the second most talented defenseman in this draft?
1: Yeah, Ross, I, I even think in years' time, he could end up being the top defenseman in this draft, and I'll tell you why. There's yeah, tell me this, why. There's one very simple reason. Why? He is an elite skater. Like, he's better on his edges than any prospect we've covered so far in this draft class. And again, Russian player, so it's hard to find film on him, but... Uh, Cam Robinson from EP did a quick highlight pack of him using his edges, and he's making guys look just silly out there. Like, guys are going the wrong way chasing him, slipping and falling, and just looking foolish trying to keep up with him. He's able to shake off attackers and slip past defenders with ease. And EP even mentioned his stride is perfect. Whoa. EP ne- never ever says that about anyone. They are always very critical. They get the protractors out, they pause and do uh screen uh, frame by frame of guy's stride, and they take everything into consideration. So for them to say his skating stride is perfect is incredible, Ross, especially considering the fact that this guy is six foot four, 201 pounds.
0: And he hits like a truck. He's a play killer, kind of in the mold of. Like a Keandre Miller's, I think a good example where the physical tools are there, but it's not that he relies on being the hardest hitter or whatnot. Elite prospects in their medals. He's this year's Jake Sanderson, Mr. Medals. They have him as the best neutral zone defender, the best shutdown defender, has the third best four-way mobility. He's the fourth best straight line skater, fourth hardest hitter, and fifth best transition defenseman, all while filling in a six foot four, two hundred and one pound frame. All of that together, Pilsy, and you just wonder how high will a team jump to go get their guy?
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So let's take a look at the rankings here. Uh, Craig Button has him at thirty eighth. Corey Pranman at ten. So again, Corey Pranman uh, really likes the Russian prospects. Scott Wheeler all the way down at thirty six. Chris Peters at twenty eight. And then elite prospects all the way up at 10, right with Corey Pronman, for an average rank of 24.4. Now, just quickly, Ross, I want to read off the rest of his stats here. In 29 games, he, in the MHL with Yaroslav, he had one goal and nine assists for 10 points. But this isn't a guy that's going to rely on just putting up points for him to be effective. You mentioned it. He's... How many shutdown defensemen are elite skaters? Like I feel like most of the time the shutdown defensemen, they can skate for sure. You gotta be able to skate to play in the NHL, but most uh often your biggest attribute is your physicality. Dmitry Simashev, the reason he's able to shut down Uh, attacking plays so well is because his skating is unmatched. You can't outskate him. You're not going to beat him to loose pucks. You're not, if his gap control isn't off, you're not going to slip by him uh, through the middle. You're not going to drive wide and then go to the net uh, around him. You you just won't. And that's why I think Simashev, when you're six foot four, 200 pounds at this age, and you're an elite skater, and you already have those defensive mindsets, NHL teams are going to adore having this guy on their blue line.
0: Perfect posture sinking deep into his stride with ample flexibility through his hips, knees, and ankles, allowing him to generate power. Right? These are the types of things that you hear from him in the elite uh, prospects draft guide. And that's the type of thing that is going to endear himself to an NHL team so much so that I'm going to say he goes in the top 20. That's oh, yeah. that to me would be a huge benefit considering that he signed for two more years in Russia still hasn't made a huge impact at the men's level in Russia. And we know that they kind of feel in a sense there where it's like, Hey, we develop you. We must have you play top league. He played 18 games at the KHL level this year for Lokomotiv Yaroslav. But I think that's where you're going to see him excel next year and the year after. And he's a guy where whatever team drafts him, I don't think he's going to have to learn the name of the AHL team or that city, because he's going to step right into the NHL when he comes over, whenever that may be.
1: Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I just think, especially after he gets a little bit more KHL experience under his belt, I think he's going to be pro ready. And yeah, I'll, I'll say it again. I really think he's going to be the second defenseman selected in this draft, uh, as, as long as teams are kind of familiar with his game. And I think, with his size and skating ability one day we're going to be looking at him as one of not even the best defensemen of this draft ross one of the better players of this draft
0: that's high praise
1: yeah i just i can't overstate how important it is to be or or how good of an attribute it is to be that good of a skater with that size like it just Everything is going to come so easy to him, and all he needs to do is continue to get a little bit better in other areas. Whereas some players, if they don't figure out they're skating, they're toast.
0: Yeah, and he's the type of guy where he's got toast, butter, peanut butter, jam you name it. This guy's got it all slathered yeah. on there. It's just a smooth customer and a guy who is going to make an NHL team happy for a very long time. I think that. You're going to do him a disservice if you if you don't rush him when he comes over. Like I know it, he'll be 22 years old, so you might be like, "Okay, well, at least let's get him acclimated to the small ice." No, the skating is is so good that he's going to be able to slide right in to an NHL role and I think he's going to make a team very very happy when they say his name in June 28th. I almost said how long, but we're not going to age these videos by saying when this is coming out. I'll yes. say it's before the draft, so Really excited to see where Dmitry Simashev goes because it's going to be a steep ascent to stardom, I think, for him. And maybe like the quiet type of star where that team's fan base is just yelling, no, he's so good. But it'll take a couple deep playoff runs for other teams' fans to notice. Like, okay, the numbers aren't popping out here. He might be a 20-point guy every year, but he's also bringing so much probably saving 30 goals. So does that make him a 50 goal scorer eh? or a 50 point guy? Like uh, Not math guys. Jacques Lamar you say that about Wes Walls though. He scored 10 and, and kept 20 out of his own net. So he's a 30 goal scorer.
1: Nice. Right? So, I like right? it.
0: Yeah. So that type of guy just really stout on the defensive end and Hey, keep your head up when he's out there. Cause he's not afraid to put you into the end boards or, or catch you in open ice either. So he comes in Dmitry meet Simashev at number 23. On our locked-on Senators NHL draft rankings. All right, Pillsy. Any final thoughts on today's show?
1: Final thoughts are uh, it's it's crazy that uh, we've been so focused on the Sen sale and it has finally happened. But Ross, the Stanley Cup will be awarded tonight, in my oh. opinion. Yes. Well, it'll be in the building. It'll be awarded, is what I'm saying. I I really think, especially with Matthew Kachuk being banged up after that big hit, that team lives and dies with Matthew Kachuk. And if he's playing hurt, I don't think they have a chance, especially at home in Vegas. That crowd is going to be going nuts. There are so many different players that deserve to win the cup on that team, and I don't see this going back to Florida whatsoever.
0: Do you you think Matthew Kachuk was already hurt, or was it the hit from Keegan Kolasar?
1: It was the hit from Keegan Colasar,
0: one of the best in my opinion. League, eh?
1: Oh, so good. I mean that the this just goes to show. Yes, Vegas has those that star power, but it can't be understated how good that bottom six is. Like guys like Colasar, guys like Carrier, uh, they're they're so huge to the success of this team.
0: It's impressive to see just the top undrafted Zach Whitecloud, who they gave a seven-year contract with. like They are just putting on a masterclass. And yeah, say it's easy to do it in Vegas to get free agents, lure them there. But they've also had to deal with the narrative that they don't treat their players well, in the sense, like obviously they treat them well when they're there, first-class amenities. I heard that the owner has like 100 acres of land and the whole team goes there in the preseason for like four days and just gets to do whatever they want, however they want. They also get to live in Vegas, decent weather, decent golf, tax free state, all that. But they were kind of getting a reputation as a team that would just ship you out at a moment's notice. And they didn't really care about making sure you felt comfortable. There's a lot of turnover in the NHL. I think that's what it comes down to. It's but business. they also. They also have a few guys who have been there for six years now. So for those guys, I do think it's cool. Now, the Stanley Cup has already been paraded around this ice surface before. Mm-hmm. Washington won the Cup on the road in Vegas back in 2018. But the Cup will be there, and I will be at FanDuel because I'm rich. Because at FanDuel, I put in a $5 bet, a nice responsible wager, on the Denver Nuggets to win the NBA championship at 1000
1: Way to go, me. Nice. Congrats on that. Uh, that's definitely huge. And you can use some of those winnings to get in on the action on tonight's game, which, yeah. Did anyone, I, have anyone have a kid recently? No, I've been trying. You you guys know after Ross posted my uh, baby rant uh, <laughs> that I've been trying to follow that for sure. So not that I'm aware of Ross, but this could be the final and I think will be the final game of this season. I think with so much off season turnover and coaches, big trades happening, the send sale uh Leafland going crazy. Like the, sh- the focus has been turned very aggressively away from the Stanley cup finals. So I'm excited for some great hockey tonight.
0: Yeah. I'll be dialed into that. And then tomorrow we'll discuss that. We'll get back to our draft rankings and, Maybe we'll even know more. Now, Brent Wallace from Coming In Hot Podcast reported that Michael Anlauer plans to make Ottawa his permanent residence. He's not going to be one of those owners who's in and out. He's going to be boots on the ground, as we like to say. We're boots on the ground this morning. Go check out the live stream for more. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team, every day.